I just want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody. We're honored that you would spend your Mother's Day here with us at Church Unlimited. And we are in for a special treat today. We have a guest speaker with us all the way from Louisiana, Miss Corey Robertson. So please, everybody, help me give her a warm South Texas welcome. And Happy we have, Mother's Day to all the moms out there. <laughs> we have a picture of your family that I wanted to show everybody. Your big, beautiful family. You have five grandkids now. Yes, we've grown a little bit. If you watched us on the show Duck Dynasty, I think our daughter Bella's here. I don't know where Bella is, but she was like probably fifth grade when the show started. And now she's grown and married. And now we have five grandbabies and it is absolutely the best. It's so oh much fun. Gosh, but well, they're beautiful. And what is your grandma name? So it's up for debate at the moment because our, our, two, our two oldest are three and two. And we were, I was going to go by K-Mama because my mom is two mama and my name starts with a K. And so I was like, oh, K-Mama, that'll be cute. But um, one of our grandsons is calling me KK. And it's so cute. He like yells across the house, KK. And then the other grandson saying K-Mama. So I'm just going to wait and see what wins out. Maybe I'm, I'm good either way. I'm yeah. good either way. Maybe Honey will break the tie for you when she starts talking. She might, yes. <laughs> the girl. Our daughter, Sadie, this is her first Mother's Day. Aww. She has a little girl named Honey, and so, so Aww. sweet. Well, I just want to say thank you for spending your Mother's Day here with us because I know that all moms love to spend their Mother's Day with their kids. And she sacrificed being with her beautiful family to come here to be with us at Church Unlimited this weekend. So thank you very much. I know that that is really sweet. Thank you. I'm thank really you. honored to be here. All right. So we have a question. I think we would all love to know this. Um, obviously, we've watched Duck Dynasty, but take us back to the very beginning. How, how did it even start? How was it birthed? Where did the seed or the idea even come from? Well, I'm pretty sure it started kind of like this. I, this is really a true story. So one day I looked over at Willie and I was like, you know, I really think your family could have a reality TV show. He was like, really? And I said, y'all you're, you're, aren't normal. <laughs> And, um, and it's true, like he had kind of grown up in the family. So of course he didn't notice how weird they were, but um, our house strangers, Uncle Cy was, it was just normal to him. But I was like, no, actually like y'all are just weird enough. Like we might actually could do this. And so we, um, we had a business, a family business called Duck Commander. And um, so we started out by making our show on the Outdoor Channel. Any Outdoor Channel fans out here? Okay, guys, yes. Outdoor Channel is a network that like, a man could just watch a deer in the woods for like hours. Like that's, that's what that network is. And so we, um, when we did our show on, the, I was a reality TV fan. I was watching reality TV and I remember um, seeing, watching American Chopper. And it's a show about these, this husband, this dad and his kids, his boys who, you know, make motorcycles. And I was like, why are people watching this show about motorcycles? And I, I was agree. like, oh, it's the family. People are watching it for the family business. And so when we decided to do our show on Outdoor Channel, we were like that. We were like, let's show the family business. Let's make it more like reality style. You'll get the hunting and all that kind of stuff. But let's, let's do a show that women and kids will watch with, with the dads that are watching these deer in the woods for 30 minutes, you know? And so um, that's what we did. We, we did this show on Outdoor Channel. And we made it more of a family show. And um, then we got an email from 
just a producer in Hollywood, it just straight to our just information at duckcommander.com. And it said, hey, you know, I've seen your show and we think you have what it takes to kind of wow. do a big show. And I was like, see, I told you, Willie, I knew it. And so, I did not know it was all your idea. That is well, so amazing. You have good ideas. Well, wow, man, that is great. Well, it ended up being it was a just recognizing, success. just recognizing that, you know, hey, the family's a little bit different. And I think one thing that I think was neat about the show was that like, Whenever Hollywood saw it and they thought, oh, people are going to watch your show and think, oh, they're so weird. They eat squirrels and they, you know, do whatever. But instead, people watch our show and was like, oh, I recognize my family in this. Like, or I remember when my family sat around the table and said a prayer before our show. Or I have a crazy uncle, too, that, like, drives me nuts. Or me and my brother fight, but at the end of the day, we sit around the table together. So I think people did recognize their family in our show, which was a real blessing. Yeah. Well, it's a great show. It really is. Well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty for all the moms out here today. So one of, the, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, so it's like, what is the best advice you have for something? You know, so we're talking about parenting and mother, well, Mother's Day and moms. So my question to you would be, like, what is your best advice for moms of young kids, older kids, and then adults, moms that are doing life with adult children now? What would you say? Yeah, I think when you do have adult kids, you realize, like, the, the parenting doesn't end. Like, you're not just, like, all of a sudden, like, okay, we're, we're done. We're, well, we've raised you. Go along. Okay, that always discouraged me when I was younger, when I would ask moms who had raised kids that were older, and they would be like, um, no, no, it keeps going. I'm like, what? Because in my brain, when I see a mom that, like, their kids are, like, graduated college, they have a job, they're married, and here I am with these little kids hanging off of me, I just picture that mom, like, running this marriage and breaking through the ribbon and winning the gold, you know, like, I'm done, I'm done. And they'd always look at me and be like, no, it gets harder. I'm like, what? This is so discouraging. What are you saying? You know? No, once you're a mom, you're always a mom. But there are different things that different ages of life for your kids. I think the most important piece of advice I would give is just to love them, you know, as, as, children of a heavenly father, like that's what we want the most, right? To know that God, our father loves us. He loves us unconditionally. He'll be there for us through anything. There's nothing that we can do to separate us from that love. So I think that's ultimately the advice I would give to any of you for any of your kids. And, you, and any of us can do that. You know, we try to get, we get so bogged down and like, are we doing it perfectly? Like I gave him a pacifier. Is that going to ruin him for this? Or I did this or did this too long, but, or is this, if I get them into this school or this school, but ultimately if you can just show our kids love, you know, that's what they all need at, at any age. So um, I would say that's the overriding thing I would say. Um, and then each kid needs different things for different ages, you know. So if you're a mom of young kids, I think one thing that is really important is that you establish your authority, that, you know, that you're a confident mom that says, like, you know what, I love you, and I know what's best for you. And so you establish that, that respect that our kids young, learn at a young age, like when they're two, to say, like, nope, mom's the boss or dad's the boss, um, will help them in all of life. And so don't be afraid of that. Don't shy away from that. So kids, kids thrive under boundaries and security of parents that are confident and capable of taking care of them. So I think that's important when they're, they're little. And then high school years, I think it's really important that you're just a good listener. You know, high school is tough on kids. And we all know that kids are going through even more than we've ever experienced right now. And so you want your home to be a place that's like safe and fun and a place that your teenagers want to be. And they want to be able to 
I used to tell our kids that they could tell me everything. Sadie said I, like, put fear into her that, like, if she didn't tell me everything, then, like, something bad would happen because I was like, no, you got to tell me everything. You know, I really wanted my kids to know that. And it's always late at night when you're trying to sleep. It exactly. never fails. Never fails. They and you like, they want to tell you everything at midnight. Yeah. yeah. But you got to be a good listener. So I think that's an important thing for, um, for your kids that are in high school. And then for adult children, I really just try to be, like, their biggest cheerleader. Like, I want them to know that I'm cheering them on. I'm rooting for them them and that they're going to fail, like allow your kids to fail. They, they're going to make mistakes, but you just be there to kind of pick them back up. And so um, those are a few, yeah, few different good. stages of life. Yeah, that's really good. Um, all right. So my next question would be in this, in 2022, just the year that we live in, this era we live in with cell phones and the internet where anything, you can access anything on the internet, social media. What advice would you give to moms that are raising kids during this time, you know, because it can be pretty harmful. I mean, there's great aspects to it, but there's also a lot of harmful aspects. And my kids, when um, they were younger, they'd always be like, oh, my gosh, whenever you and dad talk about the phone, you act like it's the portal to hell. And I'm like, well, it kind of is sometimes. (laughs) So, I mean, I know that it's not like all bad, but I mean, we want to protect our kids. And so how what advice would you give for that? Yeah, I think that's such an important question because, yeah, when you're giving your kid a phone or really any device, that's the scary part. You said just was like, oh, the phone you have to watch out for. But now it's like everything everything that has a screen, they can get on the Internet on. I think that's something important for parents to know and realize. I didn't know that. You know, there were times in my life I'd be like, oh, wait, you can get on the Internet on that too? And you have to, so you do have to be aware of what is out there because anytime you give them access to that, you're giving them access to the world. You really are, and you have to be aware of that. It's like, basically sit your kid free at Disney World by themselves, you know? And it is something we should, we really do. We are called to protect our kids and and be a protector for them. And so we're not going to do it all right. Like you're not going to be able to put every hedge of protection up that they're never going to access anything or see anything. So then there's a lot of conversations, a lot of talking to your kids and setting them up with other mentors that can maybe help them navigate the things that are are on social media and that are out there. And so um, a few practical things that we did, like we, we didn't allow screens in the room. No TVs in the room, no devices in the room. All of that had to be, phones had to stay downstairs at night, things like that. Um, There are ways you can put protections on the phone or protections on everything, but it's hard hard as a parent to do. Willie was like not the technology parent at all. He's not really into social media, so he knows nothing about it. So I always felt like I was constantly trying to keep up. You know, so I do think younger parents, you might be a little bit better at this because you actually know what's out there. You've lived through it, so you know. know. It is hard to keep up with them. I would feel all confident about having their passwords to everything. And then Sophie figured out how to make a Finsta. She called it Toby Lola. And I was like, I didn't even know Toby Lola existed, you know? Yes. And it's like you're constantly chasing them. They go underground mm-hmm. and make another tunnel, you know? There's always, <laughs> there's always ways. It's so true. There's always ways they can find something else, some other device. Or, well, you take their phone away, and then you realize they have a, another a phone. A hidden one. You know? Yes. So, you know, we're definitely not going to do it all perfectly. But just talk to your kids a lot. The other thing about, I think, social media that I feel like like our kids are dealing with on a different level than we ever dealt with was just comparison and how that creeps into your life through social media and how it's causing anxiety and depression. I know our daughter Sadie went around and spoke at a lot of colleges and talked to a lot of girls that are in sororities and you know the main thing they said they're dealing with is mental health anxiety and depression and a lot of that comes from social media and you know I've told our girls I remember whenever I was young and especially like a young mom there was like you know 
you, you dealt with comparison in a way, like you could see other moms and think that, oh, they have it a little bit more figured out than I do. But really, it was only like at church, if like the mom that had on the heels, you were like, wow, she is killing it. Like you were like, she's got it together, you know, and like my kids, I'm like, two of them forgot shoes that morning. And you're like, well, but, um, but there was some comparison that we dealt with, but now you're dealing with it on a just minute by minute basis. You're seeing other people's lives, what you think is other people's lives, what they're putting up and portraying as their life over and over and over again. And it can affect you, you know? And so I think we, we just had so many conversations with our kids about what social media is and what it's not and how to be aware of that. And I think, you know, sometimes it's like, as a 41-year-old woman, I can look back and be like, oh, that's not real life. But as a 15-year-old, it's hard to distinguish what's real and what's not when you're looking at other people's lives. And it does affect you in comparison. And so one of the things that I would say before you allow any of your children to have social media, just make sure they really know who they are and whose they are and where their confidence really comes from. And it's not from likes on a screen. It's not from the outfit or whatever. Their confidence comes from from God. And there's a verse, um, Hebrews 10:35, that Sadie always says is her favorite verse. It had a huge impact on her life when she was in high school and struggling with confidence. And it says, don't betray the confident trust I have in you. And it's talking about the confidence trust that we have in the Lord. Our confidence doesn't come within ourselves. Our confidence comes with our relationship with the Lord. And so I think it's really, really important before we kind of allow, you know, people are like, what's the age? Is there an age when you say, oh, okay, your kid can have social media or whatever. And I don't think there's a perfect age that you can allow it. But I would say make sure you know that they're really rooted in who they are in God and the relationship with him before you allow them open them up to the whole world. Yeah. It broke my heart because I remember when Sophie first got on social media as a young girl, I noticed she would delete some of her pictures, some of her posts. I'm like, why are you deleting that? And it's like, because it didn't get enough likes. And I was like, it just broke my heart. Like, this is ridiculous. You know, this is seeping into their emotions and, you know, really affecting them. So, uh, well, thank you. That's really good advice. Okay. So, my next question is, how did you find time when the kids were younger and you were just in that exhausted state with six kids? I'm sure you probably lived exhausted. <laughs> but um, how did you find time for yourself just to recharge, you know, when there wasn't family around? to help or there weren't babysitters around and you're just like holding on by a thread like how did you find time to recharge yeah so um I really held the Sunday afternoon nap as sacred in our home like mama is getting a nap on Sunday afternoon like that's just non-negotiable you can do whatever you want to do you can like you can just go do your own thing but I'm going to take a Sunday afternoon nap and our kids knew that and so I do think it's important for you to just carve out time where you say like this is what mom's going to do. I need this time for myself and it's, don't feel guilty about it and just do it and take it for yourself. I, th I think that's really, really important. Um, and then also, you know, find things that are, that are important to you and make time for it. You know, I've noticed with Sadie, her and um, her husband Christian, they both like to work out and it's important to them. So they take turns in the morning. One stays home with honey and one goes early, takes the early shift and goes work out at six or seven and the other one comes back. So the other one can have time to do that before they do their work, you know? So what there's, there's things that you do need to make a priority and say, okay, this is important for me. So how am I going to make it? And if you have a spouse, you could work with your spouse, but if you don't, you know, one thing I always tell when I speak at churches, I love to talk about how, you know, we are fortunate that we have a family. My, I have 
my mother-in-law is close by, my parents are close by, you know, so we do have support from family, we have aunts and uncles and all that, and I know a lot of you don't have that, you don't, may not even, you may be a single mom or you don't have that, but that's where the church becomes your family, you know, the church is not meant to be just a place that you come to on Sunday morning, the church is a family, and so if you don't have that, look for people within the church to be a mentor, to say, hey, can I trade you? I remember when ours were little, I've never been a cook. Willie jokes, but that if you see me in the grocery store, you should take a picture because it's rare. <laughs> like, I'm not the cook in the family. I never have been very good at it. I've always been terrible. And I had a friend who liked to cook. And so I was like, hey, if, if I, like, paid you, would you cook for our family once a week and just deliver us, like, a full meal? Would you like to do this? She was like, I would love to do that. I like to cook anyway. And she charged me, like, nothing. So it was a way to, like, bless her. I paid her. She, she brought us food. We had a full meal with, complete with dessert once a week that I didn't have to even think about. And it was amazing. So find ways to find friends who are good at this or trade out babysitting duties. Yeah, you can say duties. I'll babysit if you cook. Yeah, exactly. that's a great Trade idea. out duties. So try, find people within your church family that can help you in that. I'm so glad you brought up the church family aspect because, I mean, I know I'm a pastor's wife, so people probably think, oh, you're biased saying this. But even if I wasn't a pastor's wife, if I was just a normal woman in a community, I would want to be a part of a local church so that I could have the support, you know, and find other moms to learn from and be in a life group. I mean, it's called life group for a reason. It's life giving. You're doing life with other people, you know. So if you're one of these moms that's exhausted and just holding on, barely holding on, get in a life group because those are people that will help you, you know. Um, also, I'm really excited to say this. We are starting a single, another single mom's life group. One of my friends, she's an old, older lady that's raised kids, and she's like, my heart is so heavy for single moms. So we have the information up on the slides. If you're interested in that or you know somebody who'd be blessed by that, please sign up for that single mom's life group because Corey and I agree. We were talking backstage like single moms are the unsung heroes. Like we love y'all and we appreciate y'all so much. So yeah, let's give it up for single moms. Yes. So um, I'm sure this never happened in your family, but theoretically, if one of your kids were to ever misbehave, you know, and you had to bring correction to them, can you give us like some like nitty gritty examples of like how you would bring correction for a younger kid or how you'd bring correction for an older kid um, whenever that theoretically happened with you? Okay, yeah, so that definitely happened. We have six kids and they're all very different and some with stronger personalities than others. So we definitely dealt with that. Um, so as when the kids were younger, we 100% utilized timeouts. We were the family that like, if you came out from nap time and you didn't get your nap out, you just went back to your room, you know? Like if you came out and you're still crying and you're fussy or whatever, it's like, you can go back to your room until you're gonna be pleasant for the rest of us, then come back in, you know? So we definitely used timeouts, we, we, but we found different things for different kids and what they might need. Um, so a specific example, our daughter Sadie, um, so, do y'all remember that movie Spirit, where it's like the wild horse that like couldn't be tamed? Yeah. Well, Sadie really related to Spirit. Like, she loved Spirit. Like, she actually wanted to change her name to Spirit. Like, she really thought that that was like, it, it personified her, you know. And so, I remember we actually, when we went to see that movie, we, um, I had just gotten in the theater and I had, so Will and Bella were 10 months apart. So, they're a little bitty and Will, Bella, John Luke and Sadie, they're all four lined up. We have four at the time, we have six now, but they're all lined up. And Sadie forgot her stuffed animal in the car, something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly. Some kind of toy that she forgot in the car that she wanted to bring into the movie with her. She was like, 
I want to go get that stuffed animal. And I was like, no, we can't go get it. We're all here. And she threw a fit, little temper tantrum in the movie theater, so mad at me because I wouldn't go get her toy. And I just remember, I was just like, sorry, I'm not going to go get it. Like, we're here. We're all sitting here. Like, the world doesn't actually revolve around you. We, um, we're all in the theater, and we're not going to do it. And so we're sitting there, and I remember looking at her just pouting, like, for the first, like, 20 minutes of the, the, the movie. She's just sitting like this, so mad at me, you know. And then by the time the movie is over, she was over it, and, and we moved on. But, you know, sometimes as a parent, it's just involves like staying in your ground just saying like hey I said I'm not gonna go get it and I'm just not gonna go get it the easiest thing sometimes is just to shut them up to just be like okay I'll go get it you know like to cave but I mean you just being so firm and consistent like if I was in the movie theater I'd have looked at you and been like good job mom good job you know (laughs) instead of judging each other we should be encouraging each other because that's like the hardest part is staying consistent I remember when Mason was little I read this gigantic James Dobson book on parenting the strong-willed child and I, I was just devouring the book trying to find the the answer, the golden bullet, what do I do with this kid? And at the end, it was like, consistency. Consistency is the key. And I was like, that's so hard. I mean, oh my gosh, we can be like all firm, like the first round and the second round, but then they like wear you down and it's so hard to be consistent. It really is, but it really does pay off in the end, but it is hard when you really just do not want to get up off that couch to go like deal with the problem. But it really, it really, consistency really is the key to it. It sounds so so easy, but it's not. It's not. The word sounds easy, but the action is is not not easy. It is not. I like what you said, um, you know, when you said all the kids are different, right? I always joke, like, if all of our kids are the same personality, it'd be so much easier to parent them, right? But no, they're all different. They all unlock with a different key. And so you were telling us um, earlier in the last um, sermon, and I love this, that you actually had different consequences, different rules for each kid. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, we, you know, I think each kid is different. They're so unique and original. God made each kid different. If you've parented more than one, you know, like, they just do not come out the same. And um, so so I do think it's important that you you see what works for them and what what their needs are, and you do it does it changes how you parent them. I like that because in our household, everybody was always like, "That's not fair! That's not fair! Why'd you let her do that? Or why'd you let him do that?" And I would be like bullied into like being fair with everyone. And so like Cole would be like, "Sophie should have a job." I had a job by the time I was her age, and she doesn't have a job. And so I like what you're saying because I mean they're not all the same, and there's different cir- circumstances and personalities for everybody. So I think that that's really good advice. Yeah, so um, my mom actually, I learned that from my mom because she said that her dad used to say it, and then she said it to us, and then I said it to my kids. She said, the fair only comes around once a year. That is And good. so, yeah, <laughs> it was just to definitely put you in your place. Like, life's not fair. Yeah. Fair only comes around once a year, and it's not happening right now. So I wish I would have known that when mine were little. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All the moms are going to be using that now. See, I think the kids secretly hate Mother's Day at Church Limited because we arm the moms right. with good tools exactly. and advice. <laughs> okay, so I have a good one for any of you moms. This is a teenager. So if any of your moms are dealing with a teenager that's, like, struggling in school. So one of our sons was, like, he um, really loved school, but he didn't love, like, school. He didn't love the homework part of school aspect of school. And he's, like, in ninth grade, and he just, like, just refused to do his homework. And, you know, it wasn't like we were like, oh, you have to have all straight A's. No, we're like, just the basics. Just like turn in your homework. That's all we're asking of you, you know. And um, he was just would not do it. It was getting zeros and everything. So we had taken his phone away. We took his Xbox away, all the things. And like nothing was working. So we're sitting up one night. And I'm like, what? Like, what do we do? How do we motivate this kid to do his homework? And like we said, all kids are unique and different. So like, what's the thing that like, what's the key to them? And so Willie came up with this. He was like, all right, 
right, I got the plan. He's like, go tomorrow and buy. So this, this son happened to be the one that like loved good shoes. Like he loved his cool Nikes. He loves his like the look, you know, all that, like the name brand stuff. And so he was like, okay, go tomorrow and buy the cheapest white tennis shoes that you can find. Like no name brand, nothing. And like khaki, like pleated khaki pants and like a white, just like plain, no logo, no name brand sharp. And that's going to be his uniform for every day that he does not do his homework. I'm so, impressed that a dad would come up with I that. Know. Normally the moms are the ones having to strategize. I'm really impressed. I was like, Willie, that is diabolical, but I think it might work. You know, I actually think that might work. So I did. I went and bought this uniform and I hung it in his closet and we were like, okay, next time you get a zero on your homework, this is going to be what you'll wear to school tomorrow, the next day. And he was like, no, you know, I was like, yep, that's the way it works. You know, this is your reminder. It's hanging right here in your closet. And he only had to wear that uniform one time. Good. So good. it did work. I wish I could say he went on to like, you know, make straight A's in college. He did not. But ninth grade, we got him through ninth grade. That was the important part. It is so funny how, as a parent, it's the best feeling when you find something that works, yes. right? You're like, yes, we got something that worked. It's always nice to have leverage or something like that. So that's a great tip. That is really good. Yes, thank you. So um, as a mom, one of the things that we're always dealing with is we're always thinking, like, I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm, you know, I'm not doing, I should be doing more. Or we're always overwhelmed. And I remember one time I was talking to some other mom friends about this, and Bill walked in and overheard us, and he's like, what? Y'all sound so depressing. What is wrong with y'all? I'm like, that's how moms feel. Like, dads never feel like, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job. He's like, no. I was like, well, must be nice, you know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you should come over to my side. It's much easier. I'm like, I want to be on your side. Trust me. So, um, but seriously, I, I don't think I've ever met a mom that's just like, oh, I am, the, I am the best mom ever. You should meet my kids. Like, I am doing an amazing job. You should all learn from me. Like, I've never met a mom because we all think we're not doing it right. We're doing a bad job. And we're all, like, overwhelmed all the time. So what would you tell moms just to speak into their life, like, to just take that captive to help just combat those feelings and those thoughts? Yeah. So one of the things um, my mom, that again, I'm referencing my mom again, that she, I have a great mom, but she always said, she was like, you know, Adam and Eve, had the perfect parent. They were the first kids. They were God's first children. He, they had the perfect parent, and even they chose wrong, you know? And so, like, as a mom, sometimes we can just beat ourselves up for not doing things right, not doing things perfectly or whatever. And our, But our kids, they have free will. Like, we were born with free will. God created us with free will. And so they're going to make choices that are different than what we would hope for them. And so we can't take the blame for That's that. That's really good. There was a point that I remember Willie actually spoke into my life in that as well. So I remember several years ago, the kids were all kind of like middle school, teenage years, and I had a major surgery, and I was recovering, so I was in my room for like three days where I just like not even come out of my room. It was tough, and I was just not feeling well at all, and I remember coming out in my room about three o'clock in the morning to get a water, and the house was just like trashed. Like, it was like they had had a like frat party at our house. Like, everything was left out. There was like deli meat on the counter just left out. There was like a half thing ice cream just melted. It was just horrible. And so I was so upset. So at that time, at like three o'clock in the morning, to our family group text, which is called Swag Fam, and it's normally like very encouraging, like love y'all, see y'all, whatever. You know, our, our group text is normally like that. Well, this night it was went like this. It said, I have raised a bunch of slobs. That's how it started. You're nicer than I would have been. <laughs> the 
sometimes our kids are like, remember that time you called us slobs? And so I like, I went through, I was like, there was deli meat left on the counters. Like this was a Saturday night, I remember, and I said, go to church and come home. Do not eat lunch. Come directly home, and you are going to clean this mess up. You know, I was so mad. And, um, and then the next day, I was talking to Willie, and I was just like so upset. I was like, what did we do wrong? Like, we didn't, did we not teach our kids how to clean? What did we? And he was like, we didn't do anything wrong. We taught our kids. They just didn't do it, you know? And he was like, you need to not take the blame for this. This isn't your fault. You did teach your kids to put the deli meat up. You taught their kids. I know, as a mom, you're like, I can't even teach them to put meat back in the fridge. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, like so basic. <laughs> yeah, so basic. And so, like, he just, like, stopped me right there. And he's like, no, we didn't do anything wrong. You did anything wrong. You didn't need to do anything different. They needed to step up and clean up after themselves. They know better than that, you know? And it was so good to, like, free because I was starting to take the blame within myself, you know, and that's sometimes what we do as moms. Um, there's this quote by Mother Teresa that I just love, and um, it was a time whenever, so Mother Teresa had this, like, it was a, a um, press, a press guy. He would come to follow her around, and he was asking her all the questions, and he was wanting her to tell him, like, how many people have you fed, and how many people have you led to Jesus, how many people have you healed, you know, all these things. He wanted to know, like, the stats on it, you know, and so And Mother Teresa said to him, she said, I'm not going to tell you any of that. He said, because God hasn't called me to be successful. He's just called me to be faithful. And I just loved it so much. And as a mom, I thought about that because so many times we place like how our kids are, how they behave, what they do. We make that be about our success. You know, and God isn't asking us to be successful. He's just asking us to be, to be faithful. And I think, and as a mom, what that looks like is just showing up, just being present, just being faithful to your family, to your kids, to your marriage, to your home, just being present. And we're going to let God do all the rest. Yeah. You know, he isn't asking for success. He's just asking for faithfulness. That's really, really good. I love that. All right. Well, that was very encouraging. So much wisdom. Thank you so much. And we just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you. And I hope that later today you get to go home to a clean house and a meal made for you. (laughs) Jessica and Corey, great job. Thank you so much. So great. Well, um, I'm sorry to have to ugly up the screen real quick here, but hey, I'm just so glad you guys came out. Happy Mother's Day. Glad, Glad you're here with us. And I pray this word was encouraging to you. I love how they ended that. It's about being faithful, not being successful. What a great word. I want to take a moment right now. I just want to encourage you. We never close our services without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. So let's just bow our heads right now across all our different campuses, those who are watching online as well. Again, thank you for being here today. Maybe today your prayer is to say, you know what, Pastor, honestly, it's been a long time since I've been in church. Maybe your mom or your grandma dragged you to church today. And maybe things haven't been going so well. Maybe your prayer today is to say, you know what, Jesus, I need to come back. I just need to come back to you. I, I've been making decisions outside of your will. And, and when, I, when I do that, I realize it just, it just puts me in a dark place. Then I believe God may be saying to you, come back. Come back to the way you were raised. Come back to what your mother instilled in you, the faith that she put in you. Maybe it's time to come back. Maybe that's your prayer today. Or maybe you've never given your life to Christ. You can receive him and what he did for you at the cross. Jesus died for your sins and for mine pay the price for our sins to keep us from heaven and if we'll accept him in our lives and one day we'll pass away and go go to see him in heaven be with him in heaven we can walk with him while we're still on this earth today as well 
you can receive Christ by praying a very simple prayer. You can pray this prayer with me right now. We're going to pray it across all our different churches right now. Just say this with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around. Would you just lift your hand high? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Jesus. Just hold your hand high. Would you do that? If you just prayed that prayer, hold your hand high. Many people are, are committing right now and saying, yep, that's me. I gave my life to Christ. Praise God. Let us know. Just lift your hand high across all of our campuses. We see those hands right now at Rodfield, Stone Oak. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rockport. Thank you, Padre Island. Those you're online with us right now, you can put in the text chat. Just text, my hand's raised. Just let us know. Click hand raised right now. Lord, thank you, God, for those who just gave their life to Christ. And thank you for those who, frankly, are already Christians, but they're coming back. They're coming home. They're, they want to be back in line with you. Thank you for that, God. And thank you for the powerful words of Corey today and, and Jessica, Lord. Thank you for the encouragement to know that, Lord, simply put, you, you do love us. And you walk with us and you help us, Lord. Thank you, God, that you're always there for us. Thank you, God, for this Mother's Day. Thank you we can celebrate Mom today. What a great day to be in your house. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Thanks for being with us.